Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Enzo Militia Season 2, Episode 27, Week 13, Recap Episode. I'm your host, Isaiah Markle, with my co-host, Bill Snow, the Stats Guy. I am the Snowman, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed, they are. <laughs> and, uh, Phil, this is going to be the first time, I believe, since last year... That's just you and me tonight, uh, today. Yep, no Cade Man. He was having a good time at the Buckeyes game last night, so he's going to be uh, probably on his way home or hanging out there today and then on his way home. So wishing mm-hmm. him safe travels home, obviously. But, uh, you know, it was a jam-packed Friday night of football. Uh, you know, a lot of good games on the board. And, you know, it was it was interesting as I was looking across these divisions and across the numbers, you know, you expect to see some one-two, but not a lot of one-versus-two matchups out mm-hmm. there. You know, so it's a lot of competitive football all the way through. And, uh, that's what you love to see here, especially during playoff time. And playoffs? Uh, that's what you love to see during playoff time. And, um, you know, it, there were some really good games here in the uh, local area. Obviously, Columbus Grove moving on. Great win mm-hmm. for them. Uh, you know, Liberty Center, PH, another couple of uh, closer teams moving on. Toledo Central Catholic with a dominant win over Mansfield Senior. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. said that maybe they could uh, compete with each other there, but – uh, Toledo, our Toledo Central Catholic once again, just uh, mm-hmm. kind of just too much there, and uh, you know we're uh, we're down to uh, 56 teams, and uh, that's uh, it, it, it's supposed to be nice weather next week, so we'll see what we have in store, and uh, well, let's dive into what we uh, what we had last week. Absolutely. So Phil, I know you got the Division One uh, uh, Division One stuff written down there. What do you got for us there? Well, uh, let's go over our let's go over our coverage teams here, and then we'll go over all of our divisional regional finals, and we'll talk some interesting matchups and what our catch our eye here, and then we'll have a, hopefully a cool interview for you here in just a couple minutes too. Absolutely. So we get to let's start it with Division Two or Region Six, the number two seeded Anthony Wayne Generals playing against the number three seeded Highland Hornets. The Hornets winning this one at thirty-one ten. Phil. Yeah, the Medina Highland Hornets. Uh, you know, uh, just really defensively kind of stymied. Uh, uh, the attack there from Grant Kenny, you know, he kind of said if you were able to slow down Grant Kenny a little bit, you could kind of stymie that offensive attack a little bit. And it, it seemed like the Hornets were able to do that. And, uh, you know, kudos to Anthony Wayne. They had a really good season. Uh, just unable to get over that hump. You know, Medina Highland kind of got uh, kind of got the better of them the last time they played as well. And, uh, you know, Medina Highland's going to have a tough matchup next week as we knew uh, whoever was going to win that game was going to have a tough matchup against uh, the number one seed of that region, which we'll get into that in a, a little bit later. But, uh, you know, just a, a good win for the Hornets. Uh, Anthony Wayne bows out. Uh, you know, good season for them. Uh, let's see what their record was. Would have been 11-3. and three. They bow out this season. As you know, they got a lot of talent coming back. Again, Grant Kenny's just mm-hmm. a junior, so he'll be coming back next year. Uh, he's going to bring back a lot of talent with him. So uh, just, uh, you know, if you're Anthony Wayne and Coach Brumgard, you got to like what you did this year. Just uh, just tough sled moving the ball offensively there mm-hmm. against the Hornets. And, you know, Hornets got a nice offense, so they could give Avon some trouble. Olmstead Falls battled Avon, uh, you know, on Friday night really, really well compared to what their first game mm-hmm. was. First game kind of a blowout. This one much, much closer. So, uh, kudos to the Hornets. Uh, Anthony Wayne bows out of their season, though. Good season for there for the Generals. Yep. Our next one, Division Three, Region 12, the Walpock Redskins playing against the number one seeded Baden Rams. Uh, the Rams winning this one 14-10, Phil. Yeah, you know, Wapakana was able to jump out to an early lead in this game and then, you know, kind of stalemated to the uh, to the middle two quarters. Fourth quarter was really – was a lot of action. You know, uh, Hamilton Baden was able to score two touchdowns there in the fourth quarter to win the game 14-10. to 10. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, – it was a game that Wapakana just seemed like they had control defensively. And, uh, you know, credit to the Rams there. They were able to stick with it and come away with the win there to uh, really – you know, continue their dominant season, and uh, now they're going to get a, a, a another WBL opponent. So it'll mm-hmm. be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But you know, the Rams the Rams surprised me a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. when you you stick with what you you stick with what you do, though, I think, and and that's kind of what they did. And uh, you know, fortunately, they were able to find some plays that were able to work for them uh, to be able to kind of score there at the end and uh, to to take charge of that game and, and be able to beat Wapakoneta. But a great season for them. They're going to bring back a lot of talent as well. Markle, you know, we talk about Moyer and we talk about Caden Page as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna they're gonna bring back some talent, so it'll be exciting to see what they do next year next year as well as um, they bow out of their season. At ten uh, and three. Yes, exactly. At eleven and three. Ten and three. Yeah, sorry. Ten and three. Our next one that is the number six seed is Salina Bulldogs playing against the number two seed Tippecanoe, the Red Devils. This one came out with the Bulldogs of Green, twenty-seven to thirteen. Yeah, they uh, they were able to get a. Um, uh, they were able to get a, a a good a good dose 
they're going is uh, we're going to see if we can get our interview here with Coach Andy Schaefer, uh, see if we can connect with him here. I got the – it's only giving me the FaceTime one. Hmm? It's only giving me the FaceTime audio. I don't know why it's doing that. Well, let's hope, uh, let's hope it all works out. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can get in touch here with Coach Schaefer. Hello. Hello. Hello, Coach Schaefer. This is Isaiah Marco of the Enzo Militia. Uh, we thank you taking time out of your day for uh, uh, this interview. And I do apologize on the FaceTime audio. It's not giving me a, an actual phone call. That's <laughs> all right. It works. Well, uh, Coach Schaefer, thanks a lot for taking some time with us. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on a, on a really big win on Friday night against a really, really good carry team. Uh, you know, just kind of talk with us about how that game went, the flow of that game. It seemed like you guys kind of jumped out to a really good start, and uh, we're just kind of able to uh, uh, take your morale from there uh, to be able to win that game. And, and uh, just talk with us and uh, tell us about how that game was for you guys. Yeah, well, it was a big atmosphere at uh, at Fostoria. I mean, Kerry had definitely brought a big crowd, and and so did Columbus Grove, and and we knew that it was going to be a battle. I mean, both towns are kind of football towns, and mm-hmm. you know because of that, it just it brings a, I guess a, a different meaning to the game, and um, yeah, yeah, we were able to. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, as far as athleticism, we, we have some pretty good athletes on our team and they were able to get loose. Um, we had a, a kid step up, uh, Zane Stechelde that, uh, you know, he's not really known for, for catching the ball. He's more of our blocking receiver and he had a heck of a catch, um, that, that really kind of sparked our team a little bit. And then from there, you know, Trent Braza did, did his thing and, you know, Zach Reynolds kind of got loose behind some people. But, you know, I think the name of the game was um, uh, our defense. Um, yeah, they're a very, very, very physical team and, and very hard to stop, very hard to simulate with the Maryland eye. You know, not not too many teams run that kind of thing. So, you know, our defense did a good job of, of being patient. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we give up a five, six-yard run right down the middle and then the next play we're able to stop them. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing was to try to force them into a – um, some some passing situations which they're not comfortable with and yeah the overall we did pretty good how how big was it for you guys uh to be able to uh, to make them um down in distance longer on second and third downs uh how big was it for you guys to win on first down to make it second and eight second and seven rather than second and five and second and four yeah. uh, what was the key for you guys to be able to do that and and how did that affect the ball game yeah, I mean that was the emphasis, and you know, um, you know, well, we 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 talked about what we got to do to do that. So you know, earlier in the game, we were we were uh, you know bringing in um, you know a pretty big kid, Ethan Johnson, six five, you know, three hundred thirty pounds, and and playing kind of like a five man front, um, which is not really what we do. And uh, you know, he was doing a good job, but I mean, they were just kind of blocking everybody down, just walling down, and and uh getting to that next level so you know we our big adjustment was actually to remove him and and, and go to our base what we normally do is just a four three and it uh, sounds strange to have a guy off the line of scrimmage but but that's just what we do and you know i think we did a good job of adjusting to that and uh, kids played well so yeah, yeah i mean it, that's that's big is to try to um you know, force them to throw, but, you know, even situations where we knew they were going to throw, they were, they were getting behind us because, you know, our safeties were still kind of loading the box thinking, well, there's a chance they can run. So, so, I mean, it's scary. It's what they do. Um, uh, Unfortunately, we gave up two really, really big pass plays to them. And obviously that frustrates me, but, you know, the ultimate result was us winning. So we're moving on. Absolutely. Coach, uh, uh, going into this regional title game, you get a familiar foe with the Bluffton Pirates. Um, how did you guys prepare uh, going into this game, uh, knowing that you guys played them once, and the saying goes, it's hard to beat the same team twice. Uh, how are you guys going to be preparing to go in and uh, possibly beat the Pirates again? Yeah, I don't know who came up with that saying, it's hard to beat the same team. I mean, I've, I've done it before. Um had an opportunity to play some teams that we've played before. And, it's, you know, I don't really think of it that way. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it, it just is what it is to me. It's the first thing you do is, is rewatch the game that, that, that you played them. And so that's what I've been really doing is just breaking down that game. And instead of making a halftime adjustment, you're making a full game adjustment and really kind of going from there. So, 
you know, I think it's awesome that we're playing Bluffton. Um, I think it's great for their program to, I guess, be headed in the right direction. It's good for the Northwest Conference. And, and um, and yeah, I'm excited to play Bluffton. I, I couldn't ask for a better team to play against. Um, you know, it's going to be a big crowd, big atmosphere. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, for the teams that we've played through the playoffs, they've, they've, they've certainly prepared us for Bluffton. And, you know, I don't know if they've had the same same scenario in their bracket, but I guess we'll find out. You know, Coach, you you, you go back earlier a little bit in the season. Uh, you guys struggled a little bit earlier in the year. You know, you, you take a tough loss to a really, really talented Patrick Henry team who's also playing for a regional title just – what was the, what do you think the biggest turnaround for you earlier in the season? Uh, you know, obviously you, you knew you had some, some guys out there. You knew you lost a little bit to graduation. What do you think was mm-hmm. the biggest turnaround for you guys earlier in that season that really sprung you forth to this? I, I think you haven't, I, I think eight, nine, ten, ten wins in a row here. Uh, what's been the key for you guys during this stretch? Yeah, I know. Um, I've, I've said this a few times and it's, it's really the truth. It's just taken one game at a time and, you know, when, when, when we lose, we don't, I guess we don't freak out. We just, uh, you know, we just say, what do we got to do to get better and, and kind of reevaluate it and just go from there. And, and we really just never look at like long-term stuff. We're just kind of living in the moment and just living the, living the now. And I know that sounds like typical coach talk, but that's, it's really the, it's really the truth. It's, it's what we do. And, you know, we knew, we knew we lost to a, a really good Patrick Henry team. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I told the kids, I said, that's one of the most embarrassing games that I've coached. <laughs> we, we didn't just get, we just get beat. We just got, I mean, we, we just played horrible. And so it was like, um, at, at that point, you know, we were really talking about how, you know, the previous year we had unbelievable leaders that actually, uh, you know, my son, AJ and, and Tad cook, those two started as freshmen, and literally, they were just those vocal guys their freshman year that they were leaders. So freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, four years of leadership following those guys, you know, when they graduated, you know, we're, we're, we're preaching, hey, seniors, who, who's going to step up? And they just weren't used to it. Nobody ever had to. And I think it was that point that all of a sudden, you know, as Zach Reynolds starts becoming, you know, vocal, you know, Kyle Lathrop, you know, starts becoming vocal. My, my, my captains, Loud Knock Booty, Connor Douglas, they started to like get it. And uh, so, yeah, it might, that might've been the turning point. Uh, but I, I think it was, you know, collectively of a team, I think everybody realized, Hey, those guys did actually graduate. They're not actually coming back. It's, it's us. It's our year. What are we going to do? What's our identity going to be? Uh, j- just a couple more things for you, Coach, before we let you go. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to. You know, we never want to single anybody out. Obviously, I know that's that's really difficult to do because you could talk about, you know, all the great things about every single one of your kids, one through how many ever you have. Uh, but just, <laughs> but just, just take some time with us to talk about how much Trenton Barraza has meant to this program. I believe, if I read the numbers correctly, fourth all time in, in the rushing statistics there at Columbus Grove history, and and there have been some dudes uh, that yeah. have came through that school. So. Uh, I, again, I know it's difficult to just single somebody out, but just just talk about how how much he means to this program and just how special he is on the field and how he leads by example with what he's able to do out there. Well, you know, you, you just mentioned fourth all time, and he's only a junior. Yeah, you know, it's so it's what, really so special. You know, it it is it is, and you know the thing about Trenton, and I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to him. A lot of a lot of people have had a chance to interview him, and the very very first thing that he does is is try to deflect and, and give credit to the offensive line, our tight end, our quarterback, our players, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't mind taking a moment and and talking about him. I mean, he's, a, <laughs> he's, a, he's a humble he's a humble kid, and the biggest thing about Trenton, you know, a lot of kids have the vision. Um, but they may not have the speed or a lot of kids have the speed, but they don't have the toughness. And, and it, honestly, I, I think he's really the whole package and we do make fun of him. Everybody has a weakness. We do make fun of him that he does not block worth a darn and, <laughs> and, and, against, <laughs> against Gary. Uh, we, we ran just a simple ISO and, you know, we, there was a timeout before and we said, you know, you got to get a pancake on this block. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, I mean, he, he, just, he just didn't. He tried. But, <laughs> but, you know, I guess everybody's got a weakness. But, you know, he's a great kid and, uh, you know, both on and off the field. He's got a great sense of humor. And and uh, certainly, um, you know, he's kind of one of those leaders of our team as well, even though he's just a junior. 
Oh yeah, I love uh, you know, I love those things, Coach. I, I think Isaiah has one more, and then okay. I have one more, and then we'll let you go. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so yep. Coach, um, we had uh, Cade Bidlack out at your guys' game uh, when you guys played against Bluffton. Uh, you never confirmed that you did a backflip. A backflip? <laughs> he, he said during he said during an interview with one of your kids, uh, um, he had asked you after the game. They said you did a backflip after the Bluffton win. So we need to – if you do it, we need video evidence next Good time. Gosh, this, this old body. You know, one time there was a media guy that challenged me to do a cartwheel, and I actually did it. Hey, hey, hey. You can say there was that one ago. time. There was about three years ago, and this old body, I had to practice it. I had my – I had my daughter, you know, helping me with cartwheel and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, no way would I ever do a backflip. So. Oh, yeah, I love that stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, Coach, just want to give you the floor here. Uh, just talk with us for a, a minute or so. Obviously, I'm sure you could go all day. But anybody who maybe just doesn't get enough credit on your staff, uh, trainers, managers, uh, athletic, or, uh, literally anybody, your family, uh, uh, just, uh, anybody in the, in the Grove program that maybe just doesn't get enough uh, credit that they deserve. I uh, just want to give you the floor and let you talk about that with us for a little bit. Yeah, I think my coaches, um, I've had the opportunity to have a coaching staff that's been with me for about, oh shoot, six or seven years. And, um, you know, when, when you have that kind of, uh, I guess, unity in a staff, it's, uh, it's amazing what you can do. And, you know, we actually had a change this, this coming into this year, I lost a linebacker coach, um, Brandon Kraft, which, I don't know if you remember Aaron Kraft that played at Ohio Absolutely. State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brandon was his brother, and he's I coached him when he was at Liberty Benton, and I've coached with Brandon for a number of years. And he stepped away to, to coach at Finley High School, had the opportunity to move up, which I'm grateful for him, you know, in his run. But um, in the meantime, I had to shift some people around. I took Christian Stexley, which was a, a kid that played for me, coached the offensive line. I moved him to linebackers, and – this isn't the year that you want to come in coaching linebackers because we lost all three of them. <laughs> yep, yep. State, but, uh, you know, he did a nice job there. And then, and then, you know, our school, I, I really needed another really, you know, home run hit on a coach. And, and uh, we hired Trey Roney uh, to be uh, um, a coach. And, and I actually handed the reins over and, and gave him the offense. And, you know, this is the first year ever in my career that I've just been, I guess, the old guy on the sidelines. <laughs> and and uh, I don't call the offense. I don't call the defense. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it was very, very uh, hard for me at first, especially when we dropped two games in the, you know, the, the, the opening part of the season to just kind of, oh, wait, wait a second. Do I need to, do I need to take over? Do I need to do this? But, um, you know, I trusted Trey and, and, and uh, stuck with him, and he's doing some amazing stuff on offense. So, yeah, I appreciate that question because those guys definitely, they've done a great job this year, my assistant coaches. And, and uh, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm just the old guy on the sideline. <laughs> You know, I've uh, I've coached uh, coached a little bit myself. You know, and I know it takes a village. There's a lot of pieces involved, so we love giving uh, giving you guys the ability to shed some light on some of those people. So uh, we appreciate you uh, sharing that sharing that with us yeah, as well. Yeah, so thank you. Yep, um, yep. Last thing, obviously, just want to wish you uh, the best of luck on Friday night as you take on the Bluffton Pirates uh, for the Division Six Region Twenty Two. Uh, championship game that game being played at finley donnell stadium seven o'clock kickoff on friday night coach best of luck and uh, go get them out there all right i appreciate it thanks again for your support absolutely thanks coach uh, so that was coach andy schaefer there for the uh, columbus grove bulldogs uh, just a, a really good win over Kerry, uh which we'll, we'll we'll break that down here a little bit mm-hmm. uh a little bit later, but uh, just, you know, shout out to him for joining us, you know, just a classy guy. He was really cool with Cade when he was down there, you know, a team that was kind of outside our coverage all season, but we've kind of added them in over the last couple of weeks over the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs! Over the last couple of weeks, so we could, uh, you know, expand our coverage a little bit since we're losing some teams, and and we love, we love doing that. You know, mm-hmm. I love expanding out a little bit, and uh, you know, we take on 36 teams during the regular season, so 37. it's 37, so it's a little bit harder to do that. But, you know, as we get a little bit lower here, it's easier to pick up some of these teams. And, you know, Grove's always one of those teams that just finds a way to battle for a regional title somehow, some way. And mm-hmm. big shocker, here they are doing it again. And, uh, you know, kudos to that that squad over there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, I wish him luck. And, again, that's crazy. Trent Barraza, just a sophomore over there, fourth all-time on the rushing list there for Columbus Grove. So great stuff there. And, um, yeah, shout-out to Coach Schaefer for taking some time with us there. That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. 
So we get back to the Salina Bulldogs in Tippecanoe. Uh, yeah, so you know Salina, you know Salina, uh, Salina runs a shotgun and, and runs a lot of stuff with their quarterback. You know, the quarterback's kind of a dynamic athlete. He can throw, he can run it. Uh, he's a physical runner, but he also has speed. Uh, but he mm-hmm. likes to finish downhill, which I really like about him. Uh, you know, Tippecanoe had a hard time dealing with that little counter. RPO type run play uh, you know they would send a guy in motion they would fake it and the quarterback would either run at the middle run around the edge usually a pulling guard would come around the edge too so so a read option power. there was a lot of yeah there was just a lot of deception with their running game and I think that really just had Tippecanoe guessing I, I will say I was a little bit disappointed in the Tippecanoe stadium uh, stand, stands uh, just not a lot of support for their squad. The Salina team all, all the way full, standing room only on that side. And, uh, you know, I love that. Salina, I, I'm going to have to read into this. I don't know the last time they were fighting for a regional championship game. Uh, I know that they're going to have their hands full. They're going to be a tough – you know, that Hamilton-Baden squad is very, very mm-hmm. good. Um, so it, it is definitely going to be a tough contest for them. But, you know, kudos to Salina. Again, we had uh, Scott Barrett on here week six, seven, whatever it was. And, mm-hmm. you know, he had said that he thought Salina was the top of the class in this WBL uh, lost to Wampakoneta, so maybe Wampakoneta was definitely a, as well a great team. But here Salina is fighting for a regional title, and um, I definitely think that, that that's a game that they can win, Isaiah. I mean, Absolutely. you got to be looking at the Wampakoneta film and thinking, you know, what can we do to adjust whatever it is, and, you know, you stay true and hope, you know, again, Friday is supposed to be pretty nice weather, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens. Yep, and so – we get to our next one, Division 5, Region 18, the number one seed of the Liberty Center Tigers, playing against the number four seed of Oak Harbor Rockets. The Tigers running away with this one, 45-14. Liberty started off the game with a 21-0 lead um, starting off the game there, Phil. Yeah, you know, Liberty Center had scored on their third play from scrimmage. You know, this is the second time this season that Liberty Center really caught a team off with uh, passing it with the play action on first down. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw it with Archibald earlier in the year with the completion of Trent Cruz, a a big 50-yard gain there that kind of set that up on that first drive. We got Tenora with it, too. Uh, Tenora with Colton Chambers as well. Uh, You know, that first play went for, uh, I think, a 70-yard touchdown. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you look at the play action pass on first down really to open up the game. I thought that was really nice. Landon Cruz played out of his his mind, Isaiah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was bringing down catches, uh, great throws from Landon Amstutz as well. He was 10 of 15. I'll get to the stats here in a minute. But, you know, Landon, Landon definitely had his best passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the most we really had to call on him. And, and, you know, credit Oak Harbor's defense. They were stacking the box a little bit to take away the run. And Liberty Center had to use the passing game to open up some of that running lanes. And then it was kind of a chess match. And, and this is where I think I got to give the coaching staff a little bit of credit. You know, they were running outside runs, outside runs, which were kind of setting up those power plays. And then they used the power plays to set up those outside runs. So they were really manipulative on offense. We had seen stuff that we hadn't seen all year. We've seen other stuff that they didn't run. So mm-hmm. I know Liberty Center still hasn't gone to its full playbook yet, which I love. Uh, they, they opened up the passing game a little bit, which I also like, you know, put Landon Amstutz in a situation uh, where he has to make a tough throw or, uh, you know, anything of that kind of sort. He really hasn't had to do that all that much this year. And man, he was on the money. Uh, you know, I especially want to name that pass that he threw to Landon Cruz right before halftime. Uh, I mean, Landon, he beat his guy and, you know, Amstutz put it where only Landon Cruz could catch the ball. I mean, he was kind of falling down backwards, made a made a really sensational catch out there. And, uh, you know, you just got to give credit to Landon Cruz. You know, they called his number and he really, really rose to the occasion, had a great ball game. He also had seven tackles defensively. So uh, he had a really nice game. Uh, you know, let's go to a little bit of the stats here. Liberty Center with 526 total yards. Uh, Oak Harbor with 305 total yards. First for Oak Harbor, 25 carries for 57 yards with one touchdown. Michael Lalonde, 21 of 34 for 248 yards and a touchdown. Dalton Witter, nine carries for 30 yards. Uh, Jaquie Hayward, nine receptions, 114 yards. Did have a rushing touchdown. Ethan Stokes, three receptions for 73 yards and a score. Carson Reidner with 13 tackles. And Travis Boyer with eight tackles defensively for Oak Harbor. For Liberty Center. As I said, Landon Amstutz, 10 of 15 for 195 yards. He did have the touchdown to Brooks Bainfelt there in the fourth quarter, which kind of uh, put the nail in the coffin there, I think. No one in the vicinity of Brooks. And, again, you really got to credit that, um, the rushing attack. You know, they were just able to kind of grind out rushing yards there at the end of the game. And, 
you know, they were able to kind of use the play action and did it really, really well. And uh, that's what you needed there, uh, you know, in situations where Liberty Center was able to get big-time stops on defense mm-hmm. as well. Uh, uh, let, let's keep going with the stats here. Uh, Landon Cruz, five receptions, 114 yards. Brooks Bainfeld, two receptions, 40 yards in that touchdown that I mentioned. Uh, running the football, 38 carries for 331 yards and five sco- scores. It was the three-headed spear of Colton Cruz, Trenton Cruz, and Waylon Rents. Colton Cruz with 10 carries, 122 yards and a touchdown, uh, which is 12.2 yards per carry, which is uh, just right along the uh, uh, season average of his there of 11 yards per carry. Trent Cruz with 15 carries for 118 yards and two scores, and Waylon Rents with 13 carries for 91 yards and two touchdowns. And Waylon Rents was the leading tackler on defense. He had 14 tackles, Isaiah, and he also added a solo sack. So what a game there for 19. Absolutely. And uh, Trent Cruz also added 10 tackles. And, you know, Waylon played out of his mind. You know, I knew Colton and Trenton were a little bit banged up, and Waylon was able to spell them very, very well. I mean, he had an absolutely fantastic ball game. Uh, and I also want to mention, I think Grady Miller had a great football game, Isaiah. He did. You know, he got beat on a couple, we'll say, quote, unquote, beat on a couple of those plays. I think he was in a nice position. Maybe just turned his head a little late, didn't get his hands up. Uh, there was a few. But, I definitely know, uh, video-wise, uh, I definitely know two receptions there was that positioning-wise he was behind him. And so, there, so he really – the only way he could really do it is just not hope to knock it out of his hands there. But uh, it was more of a slightly not taking credit away from him, but there was slight some positioning. He was right behind him where the ball was just right. Well, there I just in the think body. It, he, you know, I think there was a couple of times where he was in a perfect spot. He just needed to maybe get his hands up a little yeah. sooner or turn his head a little sooner. Which you know, you'll have that when a guy's running mm-hmm. full speed. You're trying not to get. And also when you're beat, there's a, a lot out there. So and, and I think he up. had a really really good game coming mm-hmm. up in space. And there was a couple mm-hmm. times where the bread and butter there of the Oak Harbor offense was running those quick screen passes, and he was shedding blocks and making tackles in tremendous fashion. I mean, he mm-hmm. did a great job out there just shredding blocks making tackles I think he had a really nice game mm-hmm. again he gave up the two big plays but you know what you'll have that okay yep. they're going to take the top off sometimes uh, they had some really really good plays out there by those receivers mm-hmm. I think our DBs played really really well Cam Colley on the other side Thomas Muller had a really nice game mm-hmm. helping out in pass coverage I think he had a couple of deflections there just coming over being in the right spot so uh, kudos all around to the defensive backfield absolutely. for the Tigers absolutely and also Finally, we can hand out some more cheeseburger hits, finally, um, to uh, Colton Cruz, Landon Cruz, and Landon Bogleman for three cheeseburger hits there. We'll uh, we'll try and uh, hand deliver those uh, uh, either tomorrow or something. We'll get them out or, or to him. Figure, figure something out. Um, and we did get an interview, post-game interviews, uh, with Landon Cruz, Waylon Rents, and Xander Zyder of the Liberty Center Tigers here. And we are here now with victorious Liberty Center football players after their regional quarterfinal victory over the Oak Harbor Rockets, 45-14. Uh, we are joined now by Landon Cruz, Waylon Rents, and we got a special guest with us too, Xander Zyder, along with us, going to hang out. Uh, Landon, let's start with you. Um, you know, you guys get that big first drive, three plays and a touchdown. The offense kind of stalled out a little bit, maybe trying some different things. Uh, you had an enormous catch on that third drive, which I think kind of sparked you guys a little bit. Talk about what you said, what you saw out there, how you felt, what you were reading and coverage. Just, just talk about that with a little bit. Well, we didn't expect them to press all week, so we didn't really practice any, like, 90s, as you could say, zero routes. But and then when they came out and pressed, uh, Coach Moore just took, took a couple shots and Gracie – or not um, – Stuffy put the ball right on the money, so props to him. Absolutely. Waylon, let's go to your performance on offense. Um, spelling Trenton and uh, Colton a little bit. You ran the ball effectively all night. You always finished going forward with your runs. You were able to find the end zone a couple of times. Talk about what you saw out there with your running attack with when you were reading the lines. Um, just talk about your performance here a little bit tonight. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's just like it, it's been all season. Just run forward, keep your shoulders forward, be really physical, as physical as you can. And uh, – Scout team also gives us good looks in practice. They're, they're pretty physical, so it wasn't much different than it has been all season. Xander, talk with us a little bit about what the plan on the defensive line is. Obviously, they're a team that can throw the ball well, run the ball well. Talk about what your defensive plan was in here coming here tonight to kind of stymie this explosive offense. Um, our plan was to get the ball, fly the ball. Um, you know, obviously, with having a lot of shifty players, athletic players, you know, we got to fly the ball, and I think we did a really good job that tonight. 
Landon, defensively, you really help a lot, help out a lot. You're kind of the quarterback of the secondary there a little bit. You get guys lined up. Uh, what do you see when you're out there as a safety uh, when you're lining up guys? Obviously, when you go three wide, you want to help on one side. Uh, you know, you got to read your keys. Just talk about what goes through your process before your plays, like what you're looking for exactly when you line up defensively. Well, yeah, you got to look uh, formationally because we have coverages, but then we get in coverages based on how they're how they're they're formationally are, and then. Uh, this week we had to really concentrate on where seven is. I think he had like 12 touchdowns for more than 30 yards. So we were just trying to limit the big plays in the back end. Yeah, I think you guys did a really nice job tackling in space, especially at the second level linebackers. Waylon, you're part of that linebacking crew. You guys were flying around to the ball all night, as Xander mentioned. You guys really flew to the ball really well, gang tackled. Is that what it takes to stop an offense like this who has extreme firepower at any time? It takes a brotherhood. Talk about how well you guys were able to fly to the ball tonight and what that takes as a mentality. Uh, yeah, you just gotta you gotta come out ready to go, ready to hit as hard as you can all game, and uh, also watching film, knowing uh, what they're gonna do based on their formation and how their line moves and everything it really helps flying to the ball. And then when you get there, you want to get there and hit them as hard as you can. Xander, I want to talk with you about one of my personal favorite formations, the Maryland Eye. Uh, I love watching you guys run that. You're kind of the lead fullback in that. Uh, just talk about the the kind of deception that you guys has have as an offense and some of the things that you guys are able to do because of that deception. Uh, you know, our offense, you know, it's kind of based around, you know, we're going to we're gonna pound it. And that's really the heart of that formation is, you know, we're going to go right at you and we're going to pound it right up. Landon, what does the Liberty Center Tigers have to do to keep on rolling into the regional finals? We've got to stay focused, uh, have a good, good day of practice each each day and uh, just come out ready to play. We can't start slow. In the playoffs, you really got to start get out to a big lead, start fast, and get some momentum. Waylon, talk about how nice it felt playing in front of this huge crowd here away from home uh, at a beautiful Clay Memorial Stadium. It was a really nice sight. Talk about what it meant to you to play out in front of this crowd here tonight. Uh, it really means a lot. I mean, it shows a lot of the, all the community coming to support, and it really helps with our energy and um, just gets us going. It helps us play really hard and everything. Xander? We know who you got next week. It's going to be cold water. I don't think you guys necessarily cared about who you guys play. Your preparation stays the same. Um, what are you guys going to have to do to prepare? Watching film, obviously. But what are you guys going to have to do to prepare this week for a really good cold water team? You know, obviously with every game, you know, there's no perfect game. So, I mean, today we made some mistakes. We got, you know, zero on those mistakes and make sure that, you know, play a better game next weekend, next week. Fellas, congratulations on the win. Thank you. Third straight regional title appearance. Congratulations. Look forward to covering you guys next week. Thank you. Huge. And that was Waylon Rent, Landon Cruz, and Xander Zeiter of the Liberty Center Tigers of that post game uh, interview. So, uh, Phil, uh, Liberty's got a rematch with the, with the Cavaliers. So, yeah, it will be interesting to talk about that one. Absolutely. Speaking of the Cavaliers, the number two is seeded Edison Chargers playing against the number six seeded Coldwater Cavaliers. The Cavaliers winning this one 42-7. Yeah, you know, Coldwater uh, does a nice job of taking away the team's strengths. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Mindland Edison is a team that likes to run the football, uh, likes to run the football. Um, and they uh, they were unable to kind of they were unable to really establish any kind of uh, aggressive running attack, you know, especially there. Marcus Medina is kind of the the uh, oil of that engine. He's the quarterback there, dual threat, uh, almost a thousand yards passing, over over a thousand yards rushing. Just really n never able to establish a ground game. They were able to get a touchdown early there in that uh, midway through that first quarter there, but Coldwater really just stymied their whole attack, and then Coldwater just kind of took off from there. Uh, jumped out to a 28-7 lead at the half. Never looked back on their way to a 42-7 victory over the Chadges, uh, who were the two seed. And you know the the MAC is one of those uh, one of those conferences, man. They uh, uh, they just they just know how to be physical and they know how to play at this time of the year. And you know, in all retrospect, you know, 43 degrees at this time of the year is perfect football weather. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's going to be a it is going to be a packed house at Spartan Stadium this Friday night when those two teams collide once again, uh, this time with a trip to, to state <laughs> on the line. I'm cheesing just talking about it here, guys. I, I got the chills already running down the spine right now just talking about it. It's going to be a colossal matchup, and I cannot wait. Uh, the, it's going to be probably the longest week of my entire life, just mm -hmm. anxiety ridden all the way. Just It's going to be unbelievable. So, 
Um, you know, kudos to Coldwater, though, you know, a six seed. But, you know, you can't – you know as well as I do, Isaiah, they're just not one of those ordinary six-seeded teams. <laughs> no, you they're know, they're, they're a team that's probably like a number two seed, three seed, six-seeded team. That's just who they are as an identity. And, and I think that's kind of been showing here over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, realistically, Archibald's given them their best game. So that shows you the toughness mm -hmm. and physicality of the NWOL in its own rights. You know, we talk about the MAC, but, you know, the NWL is physical in its own right. So mm -hmm. uh, kudos there to Coldwater as they keep rolling uh, despite the loss there at the end of the year to Marion Local of one three straight now to fight for a regional title. Absolutely. So we go over to Division 6, Region 22, the number one seeded Columbus Grove Blue Bulldogs. The Dogs. I guess the number four seeded the Cary Blue Devils. The Grove Dogs win this one 37-21, Phil. Yeah, as Coach Schaefer mentioned, they did a really nice job of, of – Keeping them behind the sticks on first down, you know, when they said he said they had given up maybe five or six yards, uh, they would do a nice job to, uh, you know, get a TFL or, uh, you know, stomp them for no gain to force a third and five, you know, which is what you want. Anything longer than third and four against an offense like Kerry is a positive thing for you defensively. And, you know, he told you guys they lost three mm -hmm. All-State linebackers last year to graduation, and, and those kids have really stepped up and, and done a really nice job of, of kind of taking the helm there of the defense. And, and that's kind of been their uh, – I think they're, uh, they're staple here the last couple of games. You know, they held Bluffton explosive, explosive Bluffton offense uh, to just seven points and a 14-7 win at the end of the year mm -hmm. to give them that conference championship. And, you know, now they're going to have another uh, go around. We'll call it round two, uh, if you will. And it's going to be, a, again, like we mentioned in his interview at Finley, uh, Finley's Donnell Stadium. So that'll be a, that'll be an interesting contest, Isaiah. Absolutely. So we get to our last division, Division 7, Region 26. The Patrick Henry Patriots playing against the number one seed, the Hopewell Loudon Chieftains. The Patriots winning this one 26-14, Phil. Man, uh, how about them Patriots? Yeah, I a told 26 you. A 26-14 to 14 win over the number one seeded Chieftains, uh, a team that thought maybe going into this game that they were going to have a leg up. Uh, but I'm telling you what. Those Patriots are are playing tough right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I talked to Coach George a little bit after the game, and he said Lincoln Krieger was a warrior that night. Uh, just some of the things that he was able to do. Uh, let's look at the statistical stuff here. Patrick Henry with 298 total yards. Hope Loudon with 169 total yards. The biggest statistical uh, thing for me, though, let's talk about time of possession. 32 minutes for Patrick Henry to 15 minutes. Uh, for, uh, for for Hope Alive. Wow. So uh, Patrick Henry was really able to control the football, and I think that's been the dig that that was been the biggest difference of that football mm -hmm. game was just the way that Patrick Henry was able to control the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, not big rushing numbers. Lincoln Krieger, 21 carries, 91 yards. Houston Miranda, 25 carries for 76 yards and two scores. So not. You know, not eye-popping numbers in the rushing game, but I think they did methodical drives, were able to keep Opal Loudon's offense off the field. Mm -hmm. They did exactly what you want to do as a quote-unquote underdog in this football game, and, and Patrick Henry did a great, great job. And, uh, you know, Lincoln Krieger also was 8 of 13 through the air for 126 mm -hmm. yards and a touchdown uh, and one interception. And he also caught a touchdown pass on a little uh, – Patriot special, if you will, a, uh, special. a little uh, a little Landon Johnson touchdown pass there to him. Mm -hmm. uh, Landon Johnson also added five receptions for 68 yards, uh, and uh, he again he was one of one through the air for five yards and a touchdown. Thomas Smith two receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown uh, for Hopewell Loudon. Braylon Martinez 12 carries 21 yards. He also had six receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. Um, they had 18 rushes for 74 yards as a team, so not a lot of not a lot of ground attack there for a team that likes to establish a run. Evan Creus, 11 to 22 through the air for 140 yards and two scores. He did have an interception, and Blake Barrier, three receptions for 19 yards and a score mm -hmm. uh, for Hope Loudon. So that was the statistical stuff there. So man, uh, you know, just tough sled for Hope Loudon. Great year for the Chieftains, but Patrick Henry with that daunting schedule that they play you know you don't you don't mm -hmm. see a division seven team till the playoffs that really get you ready for this time of year mm -hmm. and boy has it shown in three weeks Isaiah. oh yeah absolutely uh patrick henry uh weaver has said it every year every time whenever we get to play get to play off talking patrick henry's coming into his um weaver always says ph always has a always has a trick play up their sleeve they just don't they you just don't know when it's going to come and well the they pulled it out on this one and uh uh, Coach I uh, having a historical season under his belt also, um, and hopefully he uh, gets that regional title and go to and go back to the Final Four again. 
So we get to our last game of, our, of the coverage of the night. The number six seed, the Macomb Panthers, playing against the number seven seed, the Lima Central Catholic Thunderbirds. And it's the Panthers winning this one. 45-13, ground and pound was the way, Phil. You know, it's not very often that you hear that Lima Central Catholic gets out physical at the line of scrimmage, but boy, is that that that's what happened. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a it was a nice game at the line of scrimmage for McComb. They were able to establish a run. They did excellent on first downs. Uh, they were really able to get themselves in second and short, uh, second and uh, you know short opportunities down in distance where they were able to kind of mm -hmm. open up the playbook a little bit there. And you know. You know, I thought Lima Central Catholic was going to be able to win this game. And, you know, Carson mm -hmm. Parker ends his career with, you know, kind of disappointing fashion probably. But what a fantastic career for him. But, uh, you know, a lot of credit goes to McComb. Uh, you know, I think they were the sixth seed. Uh, so they were, you know, they had a tough road to get there as well. And, you know, they're going to face Patrick Henry in that regional championship game. And it's going to be – that one's going to be a colossal matchup. It's going to be gonna a big be a, one. It's going to be a big matchup. I expect a really, really big crowd over at Buckenmeyer Stadium. Absolutely. So, Phil, now we lost two teams in our covers. You're down to three now. But we always improvise. We always find ways to get more teams to talk about. So, Phil, you got a whole entire list for me, don't you? Yeah, you know, I figured we could just uh, run down all the regional title games that we were that that are going on. Obviously, we have 56 teams left uh, uh, in all of the state of Ohio still playing football. And I think you start with over 700. I think it's remarkable that mm -hmm. you get down to, uh, you know, this this point. Uh, you know, and I, I think this is my going to prove my point about how wide open this, these teams have been playing and, and how good the competition has been one through eight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because there's not, like I said, there's not a whole lot of one versus twos in there. There is some, uh, but not a whole lot. Let's look at Division One, Region One. It's going to be St. Edwards versus Medina, the one seed versus the six seed. In Division One, Region Three, the four seed, Upper Arlington, who knocked off the number one seed, Gahana Lincoln, 10 to 7 on Friday night. We'll play the two-seed Hilliard-Bradley in Division One, Region 2. It'll be Springfield, who is the 12-seed, guys, yep. uh, knocking off Olentangy, the Braves, the one-seed on Friday night, 37-24. Big-time win for Springfield. I believe they're the Tigers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then on the other end of it, Dublin Kaufman with a win over Olentangy Berlin. I said it was going to be a good game, 24-7. It was indeed a good football game. So Dublin Coughlin, the sixth seed. Wildcats. The Wildcats, excuse me, the Springfield Wildcats. Uh, a big win for them as the 12 seed. So it's going to be the 12 seed uh, Springfield Wildcats versus the, the sixth seed Dublin Kaufman. Uh, Dublin Kaufman, uh, a team that, you know, really surprising some people as of late, uh, playing good football and – uh, you know, that should be a pretty good regional title. So all the Division One regional matchups should be pretty good. And then last but not least, Division One Region Four, the five seed Archbishop Moeller versus the three seed Lakota West. So only one one seed left alive there in Division One, and that mm -hmm. is the St. Edwards team, which, as you know, defending state champions. Mm -hmm. So we get on over to Division Two. Uh, Division Two is interesting as well. Uh, you know, you know, we lost Anthony Wayne in our coverage teams. Uh, you know, they, you know, they lost to a really good Medina Highland team. Uh, they're going to have a tough matchup. Let's look at Region 5 first, Division 2, Region 5. It's going to be the number one seed. See, this is interesting because in Division 2, all four number one seeds are alive. Mm -hmm. In Division 2, Region 5, it's the number one seeded Akron Archbishop Hoban will be playing against the number two seed Walsh Jesuit. Mm. In Division 2, Region 6, it'll be Avon, 13-0, going against Medina Highland at 11-2. Medina Highland, the team that just knocked off Anthony Wayne, 31-10. Avon with a 33-23 win over Olmstead Falls in their game on Friday night. Looking at Division Two, Region 7, the number one seed, Mashlin, Washington. They're the Tigers. Mm -hmm. They're the Tigers. Mashlin. The Maslin Washington Tigers. Yep, the Maslin Washington Tigers. I think they have. I think they have the most wins in the state of Ohio. And they will play against the three seed Green Bulldogs. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> in Division Two, Region Eight, number one Anderson will take on the three seeded Withrow. So here's a, here's the thing, funny. They are the Anderson Raptors. The Raptors, huh? and they're orange and black. Interesting. And they're going against the three seed Withrow. On to Division Three. Over now to Division Three. Let's look at uh, uh, what am I looking at here? Division Three, Region Nine. It'll be number one Cincinnati Ursuline going against the seven seed Chardon, 
who has upset some teams on their way to this regional championship appearance, having a nice little playoff run themselves. Uh, in Division Three, Region 10, Toledo Central Catholic knocking off Mansfield Senior 41-10. Again, I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. I thought Mansfield Senior was going to be able to give mm -hmm. Toledo Central Catholic a good ball game, and Toledo Central Catholic blew the doors off of them. Uh, just way too much athleticism out there for the Irish. Uh, they're going to take on Tiffin Columbian, uh, a team that beat Buckeye 35-0. So Tiffin Columbian comes in at 11-2, and Toledo Central Catholic comes in at 12-0. In Division Three, Region 9, it'll be... Uh, we already mentioned that, sorry. Mm -hmm. Let's go with Division Three, Region 12. As we mentioned, Hamilton Baden, the number one seed, 13-0. The Rams knocking off the Wampakoneta Redskin, 14-10, with two late fourth-quarter touchdowns, is going to play the Salina Bulldogs, who also, as we mentioned, knocked off Tippecanoe. Tippecanoe. 27-13. So the Bulldogs at 12-1 will take on the Rams at 13-0. That game uh, is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Marco will check the uh, where that game is being played out for me real quick. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Division Three, Region 11, it is the number one seed, Bishop Watterson, taking on the seven seed, Bella Fontaine. Tavian St. Clair and company over there, the Buckeye commit. Uh, he has uh, got his team fired up and playing well. They're going to take on Bishop Watershin. That should be a really, really good uh, regional final game over there in Division Three, Region 11. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. It's loading. All right, let's look at Division Four here. In Division Four, Region 13, it'll be the number one seed, Canton South, taking on the sixth seed, Struthers. And what should be an interesting contest, Struthers, not very familiar with this uh, area of the playoffs, but they have been playing some good football here in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Looking at Division 4, Region 14, Sandusky Perkins moving on to the regional championship game at 12-0 with a big win over Millersburg West Holmes, 38-21 in their game on Friday night. They will take on Cleveland Glenville, who gave Shelby a wish-wash game, 50-14. The Tar Blooders come away with that win. Um, so, uh Tough sledding there as uh, Perkins matching up against the Gauntlet in Glenville. Uh, let's look at Division 4, Region 15. The number one seed, Steubenville, will take on the two seed, Sheridan. And in Division 4, Region 16, Archbishop Alter will take on the six seed, Wyoming. Archbishop Alter uh, coming off a 21-3 win over the number one seeded Clinton Massey so team. This, you're asking uh, for this. Taking off into uh, being able to get into that regional championship you're asking game. asking for the Salina game location? Yes. Virgil... Storm Stadium in Hamilton, Ohio. All right. That's what it says. <laughs> oh, I don't I, know, man. That's uh, Hamilton, Ohio is where Hamilton Baden is from. Like that's where they're from. That we'll double check that. that. Double check that. We'll have to double yeah, check that. Yeah, because that, that looking, I don't I'm I don't looking. know how they could possibly play Maybe. at home. That's basically like, would be a home game. That'd be insane, wouldn't it? Yeah, but uh, also you got Macomb and Patrick Henry though. Macomb. Yeah, that's an interesting Finn. site. I don't know why that's. I, you know, I, I I know they were unable to get BG, but I'm wondering why. You know, BG's a a 35 minute drive distance for both of those squads, so it's it's interesting that they were unable to get a closer venue. But I mean, Napoleon's a nice venue. It's just. Uh, a little bit interesting that, that that was where they kind of decided to play that game. Yeah, so, all right, let's keep going. <laughs> all right, well, we will go on now to Division 5, Region 17. It is going to be the number one seed, Perry, versus the number two seed, South Range. Our good friends from the South. And South Range has only lost this year coming to Green, a team that I had just mentioned who's also playing in the regional title game. Mm -hmm. And that was a 21-7 to loss in Division 5, Region 18. As we mentioned, Liberty Center with a 45-14 win over Oak Harbor to move them to 13-0. And Coldwater with a big win over Milan Edison, 42-7, to move them to 12-1. And they will be playing at the Miami Valley Sports Complex in Trotwood, Ohio. Uh, that is where the... Uh, the regional final game against Hamilton, Baden, and Salina will be taking place. It'll be at Miami Valley Hospital Sports Complex in Trotwood, Ohio. That is per OHSAA. Uh, like I said, glad we will double check. We get we, you know, we're gonna try to get some things right around. We try. Uh, yeah, we, we, try. we try. We're trying here. Uh, we try. Um, so per OHSAA, that's what that one is. Um, 
you know, uh, another one of these games, you know, like we said, Perry South Range, you know, that should be a really, really good game. That so far site to be announced on that one. But uh, Perry coming off of a 42-14 to win over Garrett's Garfield in South Range coming off of a 48-21 win over Lorraine Clearview. So those two teams playing really well. That should be a really nice matchup over there. Liberty Center playing Coldwater. That one's going to be at Lima Spartan Stadium. So a rerun, basically, of the regional semifinals from a year ago as those teams will travel to Spartan Stadium uh, to see who will host the Region 18 title mm -hmm. trophy to see who gets a bid to go to the state, uh, the state tournament. Uh, and uh, in Division 5, Region 19, Winchester Harvest Prep, the four seed, Knocking off the number one seed Ironton team, 20 to 14. Come, that is a huge win. Huge win for Harvest Prep. Big time stuff is because last year they thought they were good enough uh, to get to the state finals and the regional championship, and they fell just short of their uh, their goals. So Harvest Prep back at it, taking on the seven seed Wheelersburg in that Division Five Region 19. Yep. And so we head on to our next division. In Division 5, Region 20. Sorry, I had to take a drink. My throat was a little dry. Mm -hmm. uh, in Division 5, Region 20, it is the number one seed, Valley View, taking on the two seed, Waynesville. And that rounds out the uh, divisional wrap-up there for Division 5. From what I'm seeing here, I'm it's saying uh, Miami Valley Hospital Sportsplex. That's where Salina and Wapa are, uh, Salina is playing, Hamilton Baden. Yep, okay. that's what I just said. Okay, yep, my yep, bad. Yep, 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 no, yep, you're good. Yep, 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 yep. yep. All okay, right, Division, Division 5, Region Division, 18. Division 6. <laughs> Division 6. <laughs> For Division 6, uh, Region 21, it is going to be the one seed. The Kirtland Hornets taking on the three seed Magador, uh, a team I'm not too super familiar with, but uh, it's going to be uh, a pretty good game there. Kirtland is a team uh, that has new, has notori notoriously been there mm -hmm. uh, going against uh, and then we'll look over to Division Six, Region 22, Columbus Grove, the number one seed at 11 and two, playing against um, the number two seed, 12 and one, Bluffton Pirates. Both those teams coming off win. Bluffton coming off a 34 to nothing win over Ottawa Hills. In Division Six, Region 23, the number one seed Garraway team will take on number two seeded West Jefferson. In Division Six, Region 24, it'll be the eight seeded Anna Rockets. The Rockets. And versus the two seed Versailles. So an all Mac regional final there as those two teams will meet in a rematch from earlier this year. Isaiah, if you could check the score that, on that game for me earlier this season. Mm -hmm. uh, give me a hot second here, bud. Division 24, correct? It is Division 6, Region 24. Okay. That game was. 41-14 in Versailles' favor. Okay, so uh, a chance for uh, a rematch and a chance to see uh, what uh, uh, what could happen there when you play those two teams twice. You know that old additive. I know Coach Schaefer said he doesn't know where it came from, but, hey, uh, you just never know. Uh, see what happens uh, on that one. Could be a pretty good ball game That there. game will be at Sydney Memorial Stadium. Okay, so a, a good venue for that one. Uh, let's look ahead now. Uh, let's look ahead to uh, and that that rounded out Division Six, Region Twenty Four. But hey, guys, before we move on, I, I do want to mention an interesting statistic. Anna in the first three rounds, fifty-eight to twenty-eight, fifty-two to twenty-eight, and fifty-six fifty-one. So Anna has rolled off three straight games of fifty or more points. Uh, so far in the playoffs. So they are really, really scoring the football well right now. We'll see if there's a defense that can contain that high-powered offense right now. Absolutely. That's on over to Division 7. Division 7, Region 25. The number one seed, Dalton, versus the number two seed, Danville. And looking at Division 7, Region 26, it'll be the 11-2, the five-seeded Patrick Henry Patriots taking on the 11-2, six-seeded Macomb Panthers uh, in a game that will be played at Napoleon Buckenmeyer Stadium. Uh, an interesting venue for that one. Uh, and then the Toledo Central Catholic and Tiffin Columbian game will be played at Collide. I forgot to mention that mm -hmm. one, so I wanted to make sure that I got that in there. Uh in Division 7, Region 27, the number one seed, Reedsville Eastern, will take on the three seed, Caldwell. And Division 7, Region 28, Marion Local, will take on the Ansonia Tigers, who squeak by St. Henry uh, in a game on Friday night. So congratulations there to Ansonia. They're moving on, and they will run into the powerhouse 
uh, or as uh, Isaiah likes to call them. The Alabama a Division of High School Football. So, you know, Isaiah, we're down to 56 teams left. Obviously, we've got some interesting matchups on the slate. Uh, you know, this was the one – this was the one I think we all really, really wanted to see, though. You know, you wanna, you wanted to see that Liberty Center Cold Water matchup. Uh, this is a game that's going to be, again, one in the trenches. You know, last year, uh, just to talk a little bit about last year's game, obviously Marcel Blasing game was not 100% in that ball game last year. Uh, Liberty Center was able to win the game in the trenches. You know, uh, you know, obviously. I don't think Marcel being in the game defensively changes too mm-hmm. much for that aspect, but obviously their offense was a little bit different. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Bla- uh, Balin Blockberger has to offer for that offense going against a very, very good, aggressive Liberty Center defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Tigers have some speed on the outside themselves to be able to run with some of those athletes that uh, Coldwater has. Uh, you know, you look at the Patrick Henry McComb game. Uh, you know, McComb is a team that likes to establish a running game. Isaiah, we kind of talked about it a little bit before we went on mm-hmm. uh, that McComb was a team that likes to establish the run. Uh, Patrick Henry's done a nice job of being able to shut those running games down. Obviously, Arlington, a running team, uh, they run that split veer type offense. Mm hmm. Did a nice job against that, and uh, we're able to kind of stymie that attack. And then, you know, you look uh, look to week one, North Central, another aggressive running team. They like to run the football, stymie that rushing attack. So Patrick Henry has, has been t- uh, tested and for know, this type and, of offense, and mm-hmm. they know what to expect, and Coach Jensen was going to have him ready to go, I think. Absolutely. Coach I is amazing amazing at it, and he knows how to stop the wing T style, a wing T style or a ground and pound team in general. Um Look forward to these Patriots playing against McComb. And uh, this will be, I believe this is the first time they've played each other since 2018 when the Patriots uh, won the league championship and then lost to the Panthers in the first round. And McComb went on to win the state title that year. It just seems like Patrick Henry is starting to get a little bit more healthy as the season goes on as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it seems like they're starting to find a little bit of a click with Lincoln Krieger. At the helmet quarterback, you know, you you talk about losing a guy like Nash Meyer and then Lincoln comes in and it seems like they're starting to find the beat with him now. And, you know, mm-hmm. if that's the case, Isaiah, that, watch out because yeah, that Patriots. team could be scary with, with them rolling the way they have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lincoln's eight, it was eight of 13, had 90 yards on the ground. So he's able to throw the ball effectively and rush the football. He adds another dimension to the running game. So uh, there's good things going on right now with this Patrick Henry football mm-hmm. team with Lincoln Krieger being able to run the football the way that he has been able to. And and we're going to see what happens with, uh, with them moving forward. And I'm interested to see how they do uh, defensively to kind of stymie this rushing attack from Colm and – uh, you know, not even to mention, let's talk about the rematch of Bluffton and uh, of Bluffton and Columbus Grove. You know, I think that one's going to be really, really good. It's going to be a physical contest. You know, Bluffton's going to mm-hmm. have it coming out with a chip on their shoulders, uh, saying, you know, hey, we got to win this ball game. They beat us earlier in the year. That one was at Columbus Grove. This one's going to be on a neutral site, so I know that might have a little bit to come into fruition. That might come into play a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. A little bit easier to win at your home stadium. Obviously, Climber Stadium, a tough place to win. Notoriously, teams have a tough time going in there and winning that ball game. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And then Perry South Range, obviously, I think we should touch on mm-hmm. that a little bit too. You know, those two teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, South Range, the the division, the reigning Division Five state champion, definitely wanting to get back to that uh, that promised land to see if they can hold it up again, that trophy up again. And you know, Perry's a daunting task. We'll see what happens there with that ball game, but that one should be a really, really fun contest. Uh, you know, I, I officially don't have the location on that one. It has not quite been released yet. Um, I wish it was because I, I would love to know where that game was being played at, but. Um, yeah, you know, Division Five. Whoever wins that one, it's going to be, is going to be a well, well-oiled machine coming out of that one. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, those those games will be interesting as we move forward. Absolutely. So, Phil, we got some shout-outs, and we can call this one a day. Yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to Austin Purdue and the guys over at Knock It Out Drywall and AB Perfectionist Painting. Uh, you can give Austin a call at 419-906-1627. Shoot him an email at abperfectionistpainting at gmail.com. Uh, I'll give you a free quote. Uh, you can have his drywall guys come over and uh, knock the drywall out and rebuild it up and uh, have his painters come paint it up for you. It's uh, quality painting made easy. Uh, Dorian Hooker's Pro Day Performance Training with Dorian Hooker and Jordan Burdue, uh, those guys training athletes all over Northwest Ohio. Uh, if you want to be a better you, go over there and see those guys. Barbie Munn as well does a great job with a group of ladies that she does uh, training with. Uh, just an excellent atmosphere out there. And then... 
LC Tiger Sports Line for the use of the studio and all the great equipment here at the studio. I love coming up here, having the Browns on, even when they're losing as bad as what they are. Uh, it's, a, it's a good atmosphere and a fun time to be up here. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to the Snyder family, the Tiger Den Dairy Bar, and when they give, come back in season, ask for a Duke Burger and tell them we sent you. Weaver's favorite insurance company, Meyer Badenhop, are known as Meyer Badenhop Insurance. Servicing the people of Northwest Ohio since 1933. Chamber controls with Kirk Chambers high quality uh, technology and give he headaches for days with Phil. Yeah, probably a couple months actually. Something like that. Three cord. Sign it, sew it, screen it, print it. SWAT and welding with Norm Zyder with Fabrication Services and helping out Northwest Ohio athletics over the years. Yeah, Fabrication Services since 1956. Uh, great atmosphere. Trying to do stuff globally as well. Uh, great company over there. Great people in that service. Uh, you know. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and again, uh, about 133 years of helping out local sports. Yep. Uh, KK Collision with Kyle Kern. Uh, collision and mechanical repairs 24-7 light and heavy duty towing. Call them at 888-533-7801. Location right here in Liberty Center, Ohio. And also the unsung, the Liberty Center's unsung uh, son, the Mr. Field Goal himself, Joshua Martin. And it's first and ten on the twenty-yard line on your on the opposing side. Kick a field goal. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm your host Isaiah Markle. I'm your co-host the Snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. Indeed. And Cade would be ringing his bell if he could. <laughs> and this is End Zone Militia.